What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, as the Omicron variant surges, it feels like at this point, we all basically know somebody who's recently gotten COVID or Maybe you've gotten it yourself. And attached to that for many is feeling ashamed and guilty that they've contracted the disease. Psychologist and Northwestern professor Dr. Sheehan Fisher talks to me about what's behind those feelings of shame. It's Tuesday, January 4th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Dr. Fisher is on this Zoom in a full-ass suit, y'all, at 8 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday. I don't know who gave him the information, but they steered my mans the wrong way <laughs> by, by making you get church ready for us here at CityCast Chicago, and I've never felt more special. Oh, thank you. I, I would love to do good honor that way. Chicago is nearly averaging 4,000 cases of COVID-19 today, up from about 1,200 last January. And what I really wanted to talk to you about is COVID shame. Dr. Fisher, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. And and this topic is so important because usually every year, I'm so excited for next year. It's going to be a better year, a better year, as everyone says. And not everyone's having that same level of hope that pandemic-wise is going to be a better year because we can't really predict what's going to happen. How would you describe the emotion of shame, right? What are some of the characteristics you associate with somebody going through shame? Shame is hard because it's internal. Like, it's something you carry in your head. So it's not just about what someone said that one moment or something external. Shame is coming from yourself, and also it's the imaginary. It's like you imagine what other people are thinking. And then also, as I was kind of alluding to, Historically, if we have judged other people, we now, like because of that history, we start to think about what we said to, about others in our own head and reflect that upon ourselves. So all of that is a lot of pressure on a person where they feel down on themselves, they feel guilt about decisions they made, they second-guess their decisions. But a lot of these things, decisions are gray. And therefore, once you, a person contracts it, they may second-guess themselves about, well, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have gone to the grocery store, maybe I shouldn't have saw that one friend, or mm-hmm. even small things that they start to have that self-doubt and worry that other people are, are imagining that they went to that, you know, 100-person party when it, they might have just been kind of doing something low-key. My name is Megan Harris. I'm the senior producer for CityCast Pittsburgh, and I got COVID over the holidays in 2020. You know, leading into the holiday season last year, I, there was all this messaging about 
you know, stay away from your family, protect everyone that you love. And I didn't do that. So they had quarantined leading up to the day. They drove in. Uh, We had a nice time. We didn't go anywhere. They drove back and I got sick anyway. And it just stinks. Um, You feel bad about it. You really internalize it. When it's you, you're like, crap, what did I do? Let's talk about the the shame, but also the stigma that's been associated with COVID-19. Was there shame associated with getting it early on, or was it still new in uncharted territory? There was a certain level, but it was relatively new. In the very beginning, there was, I think, a little bit less shame because, you know, all of us were probably with a certain level empathetic of no one knew what was going on. Like the scientists were still trying to figure out what it was and how it was going to spread. But I think as time went on throughout that year, and especially once there were vaccinations and when the vaccinations became political, then it became, I think, much stronger about shame and about people constantly need to explain themselves to you. Like that if they did go to a party, say, well, you know what, everyone's vaccinated and it was only 10 people. And like they'll give you a whole rundown when I'm just saying hello to them. But they- I got tested like three times. I, I make sure that I've got hand sanitizer on me. I'm coughing mm-hmm. into my elbow. If I feel sick, I will leave immediately. How willing people were to give their medical information like they felt they needed to. I've been tested for everything. I have nothing. Please don't worry. There was this, when we were in a room, like somebody have a sniffle. you like, <clears throat> take your ass home, take your ass home. And and that anxiety has only built over time. Exactly. So I think that was also a part of the shame was that people felt they had to preemptively prevent judgment or shame that once we're getting to this, the situation with this next wave of COVID and the high frequency of um, people getting, you know, sick, it really is becoming problematic for my patients and others who are trying to figure out how do we feel about ourselves when this has happened. You talked about your patients. What are some of the emotional responses you've heard from patients who've had COVID, whether it was a breakthrough case after being vaccinated, you know, a a case early on? Did they face judgment from others or was the judgment primarily driven by their their own insecurity? Most of at least from what I've heard, has been from their own, the fabrication from their own mind. That they, there wasn't usually like someone who shamed them or called them out. You know, sometimes people might make, you know, say, oh, you're sick. Well, I'll take a break. Or if you're, you know, feeling whatever, let's wait a week before we meet up or something. But outside of it, I haven't even heard people being actually directly judged. I had a job where I could work from home. Um, I didn't tell my boss. I didn't tell my coworkers. I kept working. I didn't tell anyone in my social circle. My family knew because once I was sick, they got tested. And actually, a lot of people said to me after the fact, uh, months later, when you know, I said, "Oh yeah, I had that," you know, back in November, back in December. They were like, "Oh my God! Like, why didn't you say anything?" You know, I wish I'd known. I would have brought you soup. I would have done this. I would have done that. And I was like. Well, I saw what you posted, and it seemed like maybe that was a little judgy, and I just didn't want to make you feel any type of way about that. Do you feel like people are just, you know, some people are just not saying when they have COVID? I mean, I haven't encountered directly, but I've noticed the hesitation. And I then would assume that there are, like, statistically, there are probably a higher likelihood of people just saying, well, you know what, I probably just got it yesterday, so I'm not going to tell people I saw last week. Or, you know, making their own decisions in their head about why they can excuse not sharing with others as a way to protect their own sense of self. And that's what I was worried about is that shame then affects people's behavior. People are 
fear telling other people that they got COVID, they, they, and which we need to happen. Like we need people to know so that people can kind of make choices and schools can know, and you know, any, you know, the work and other things. But if people feel shame, they're less inclined to want to share it because they're worried about what the implications will be. So it starts to actually become a public health problem when that shame and anxiety starts to take over because then it impacts people's behaviors. I also just didn't want to scare people. You know, a lot of people in our circles had a much rougher go of it. I never had a fever. I never had a cough. I felt really terrible for three weeks. And it took a couple of months for my sense of taste and smell to come back. But all in all, considering what we've seen in this country and across the world in the last two years, that felt really small. And it I just didn't feel like my story had a lot of space there. We'll be right back. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you could transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. You know, starting this week, the city will have a vaccine mandate for indoor dining, you know, other entertainment venues. And Mayor Lightfoot, again, kept it very clear when she said, you know, something to the effect of, yes, maybe this will push those unvaccinated folks to get a vaccine. They, they basically said our goal is to make things extremely difficult for people who are unvaccinated. Is that a form of shaming? You know, if, if so, is that a good route to take to, to pressure and, and to potentially guilt people into getting uh, the vaccine? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure of the intention of why that was made. And I think that you're that there is a risk, of course, that being a byproduct of that. I don't, you know, I think even in a bubble, it doesn't have to be about shaming, but also just about, hey, this is serious. Like, this is not we've gone along enough. And like you said, the numbers, how far they've risen you know, when you look at how many people have died from this, that I think it is a kind of a, a measure to show, hey, you know what, we can't, as much as we want to respect people's you know, individual choice and we want to not hopefully shame people, this is a real, real problem that we can't, we can't put people's lives at risk anymore. And we have to take even stronger measures to try to make sure that everyone stays safe. But unfortunately, yes, a byproduct that might be the feeling shamed or feeling ostracized by people who are not vaccinated. Has managing and maneuvering the politics become an increased source of anxiety for people? Maybe they avoid politics with their families. It has. And it's, that's why I think it's a shame that vaccination has become so political, because if you ask the question, you knowing you also probably get in their politics and then you have 
you take all your judgment of the politics and of the vaccine, it's all compiled together, and then everyone gets really dug in their heels, and it becomes a, a thing. If you need to make decisions and um, boundaries based on COVID, fine. But outside of it, don't let that become the topic because it just becomes more divisive, even in family. And we've already been you know, away from family for so long. What have been some of your suggestions for people as they, even right now, maybe adjust to like a sort of minor lockdown for themselves? What are you telling people to do at the crib to, to push back against that anxiety and that shame they may feel? Well, trying to, for one, help them to determine their own, to be okay with determining their own choices. And part of that is also setting a, a cap. It's like, okay, you know what? Everything from this line on, I am not willing to do. So maybe they're not willing to be in you know, big events or they're not willing to you know, um, do certain types of activities, fine. But then everything under that cap trying to learn to be free to make choices within it. Like, okay, you know what? I am willing to see two people who are nowhere vaccinated. Or I am willing to go to dinner, you know, when it seems like it's not overcrowded. Like, and therefore feeling freedom within it and also accepting that that's their choice. Everything is a calculated choice rather than feeling like it's an external choice about what others might view how they operate. I wasn't embarrassed to get COVID, but I was bummed, you know? Like, We'd already lived through months and months of lockdown and rising numbers, and then it was better, and then it wasn't, and sacrificing you know, the events that you thought you were going to have, the birthdays, the celebrations, the big moments for a whole calendar year. I just didn't want to let COVID have any more space in my life. I didn't want to announce to the world that I had it. Um, and some of that was rooted in shame, right? Like we had Thanksgiving, and we were told not to, and we did it anyway, and now I'm sick. But some of it was also just pride. Like, my life is my own, and I'm going to keep living it, damn it, pandemic or no. Sometimes also confronting the thing you fear actually sometimes leads to a certain level of reducing anxiety, realizing, you know what, I had to live life, maybe correcting for some things, but starting to almost like think of exposure therapy where exposure to something actually leads to less anxiety over time. I'm hoping the normalization of realizing this thing is out there, almost like the common flu, once it's, you know, not to the same degree, but that people start to take it seriously, but also not fear it in the same way that leads to the shame and the judgment and all the other negative things we just discussed. So I'm kind of hopeful, maybe being over-optimistic, that somehow we can turn this around to reduce our anxiety and really focus on the science of what do we need to do, but not for it to mean that in our private thoughts, we become overwhelmed and it takes over our just day-to-day -day living. Dr. Fisher, I appreciate you joining us on CityCast Chicago to really break this down for us, to really have just an honest and open conversation about where we are in the pandemic. And I hope that we continue to normalize, you know, talking through this, being in, in uh, community uh, with these conversations as much as possible. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed talking with you. And this is such an important topic, so I'm glad it's being highlighted. Well, Dr. Fisher, if you are not going to church after this, you can go ahead and take the tie off my ball. I will. <laughs> Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The Chicago Teachers Union is expected to vote today on whether to defy the return to in-person learning and instead teach remotely. Now, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Chicago Public Schools head Pedro Martinez continue to say in-person learning is safe. Employees at a Starbucks in a loop are following along with a few other of the national locations and asking for a vote to unionize. 
and some good news to get you through. The documentary Unapologetic, which follows the stories of two black feminist activists, including Bella Boz, is streaming all month on PBS. Check the show notes for a link to our episode with the film's director, Ashley O'Shea. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. I, I haven't gotten it, but I, I do so, know somebody who, who's gotten it. See, why did I say that? It's shame. That's why.